coming at you live on a Sunday. It's your boy Addison. Welcome back to another edition of From the Jump, the livest sports radio station on the web right now. Go follow your boy on Twitter, man, at From the Jump, man. I follow everybody back on there, man. It's been a live weekend, a lot, a lot of sports stuff going on this weekend. And I'm currently right now watching the PGA Championship right now. Tiger Wood is currently tied for six right now, in which he is eight under. Jason Day, another notable guy right now, is eight under. Justin Thomas is also eight under. Right now, Brooks Copa has the lead right now. He's 12 under. I mean, he's pretty much ahead of everybody. And then Adam Scott is not far behind him at minus 10, at 10 under as well. So we'll definitely will keep tabs on the PGA Championship. But you know, we got to start off this Sunday talking about Isaiah Thomas. Oh, my man, RT. They got him. They got him on IG Live for his comments that he made about his former team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Check out what IT had to say about the Cavs on IG Live. Cleveland was a shithole. I'm just saying, Sac, LA, and Boston was all love. Phoenix was cool. Cleveland was a shithole. Let's see why Brown left. Now, of course, once he saw that all news outlets, Bleacher Report, Sports Center, everybody ran and picked it up and ran with it, he decided to get on Twitter and say, I apologize for my choice of words about Cleveland. I was on my live playing around. They don't show you everything for a reason, SMH. Right after that, I clarified what I said. All love to Cleveland who had love for me. All love to everybody in Cleveland who had love for me. Now, I can, I can understand why Isaiah Thomas could be bitter with the Cleveland Cavaliers situation because, to be honest, he never wanted to be there anyway. It wasn't like he asked to go play with LeBron James. It wasn't like he asked to be traded from Boston. To this day, Isaiah Thomas wants to be in Boston. He wants to be a Boston Celtics. Isaiah Thomas, at this point, cannot still realize why he was traded from the Boston Celtics to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I just felt like once that trade happened, Isaiah Thomas just really hasn't been the same since. But see, now with this situation, Isaiah Thomas has to be very, very careful because everything he says and does can and will be used against him. Remember, Isaiah Thomas is still looking for that million dollar contract. Isaiah Thomas is still looking for the Brinks truck to be pulled out. Now, I know we on the marathon. We marathon brothers. You know what I'm saying? TMC, it's all, it's all love. But again, Isaiah Thomas is still looking for that Brinks truck contract. And these NBA execs and these NBA teams sit there on Instagram and watch all these guys all day long. They just look for guys to see, oh, we got him now. And Isaiah Thomas is no different. Now, he could very well be right. Cleveland may have very well been a hole. But even at that, like, you can't get on Instagram Live IT and say that. We personally would have rather you said it on Twitter. But we know Instagram Live is for everybody to see. You know that. However, at the same time, he was being honest. As an athlete, he was being real. Right his time in Cleveland, that's how he felt. See, what I still can't understand is what happened to that roster? What was bad about that situation that y'all decided to split up? That's what I wish Isaiah Thomas would elaborate on. By you saying it was a whole, oh, we get that. We understand why LeBron left. We get Cleveland is born. But I want to elaborate. What happened to you and D-Wade and J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert and Derrick Rose and all? Like, what happened to that roster? Why didn't that work? That's what I want to come out because... It's bigger than just, oh, well, we just couldn't fit together. If LeBron James is as great as a player and as great as a facilitator and as great as a camaraderie guy and bringing guys together, why wasn't he able to bring that roster together? Because if you mean to tell me that roster wouldn't have had a better shot at the Warriors as opposed to Jordan Clarkson and Calderon and George Hill and Hood, you got to be kidding me. So I wish that that's what Isaiah Thomas would have came out and said as opposed to letting us know what we already really know about the Cleveland Cavaliers. But as I said earlier, all eyes will be on Isaiah Thomas this season because, again, Isaiah Thomas is still fighting for that Brinks truck. And by the looks of it right now, there are a lot of execs around the league 
that are going to pass on Isaiah Thomas, not because of his talent, it's because of the fact that they don't want to deal with everything that comes with Isaiah Thomas. The University of Maryland has placed head coach DJ Durkin on an administrative leave as the school investigates allegations of abuse and also verbal degradation inside of the Maryland football program. And also it is going to continue its investigation of the death of offensive lineman Jordan McNair. Now, ESPN reported on Friday allegations from current players, former players, and staff members talking about bullying going on in the University of Maryland, talked about verbal abuse that happened inside the University of Maryland, and also that there was a lot of humiliation directed towards the players at the University of Maryland. Now, the, getting to the death of Jordan McNair, they said that he showed extreme signs of exhaustion. They said that his body temperature was at 106 once he reached the hospital. But now dating back to May 29th, it said that Jordan McNair was hospital after showing signs of extreme exhaustion and heat stroke while participating in the team workout. Now, they said that the offensive lineman was struggling to finish 110 yard sprints, which, by the way, and I'm going to stop it right here, which, by the way, if you not have if you have not ran 110 sprints, that is the entire football field. It is ridiculous. I never understood why and how that really got you in shape by running the entire football field. Now, I get the skilled guys and the smaller guys being able to do that. But the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, those that carried a lot more weight, I, I never understood why those guys had to run the entire football field when they don't even run during the game. But now getting back to Jordan McNair, they said that after completing the workout, they said that he had a body temperature of 106 degrees at the local hospital. That is ridiculous. Why is his body temperature that high as an offensive lineman? And of course, shortly weeks afterwards, he passed out. And they're saying that it could be from a heat stroke, but they are not for certain right now what was the, the main cause of Jordan Minier's death. But now let's get into this Maryland University situation because this one already got me feeling some type of way. Now, over the past couple weeks, a couple of Maryland football players speaking to ESPN talked about DJ Durkin and also strength and conditioning coach Rick Court and the type of treatment that they put these guys through. Now, here's some of the things that they talked about. They said that there was a, a culture of fear and intimidation. They said that there was a time in which a player had a meal while in a meeting and had his meal slapped out of his hands in front of the entire team. They said that there were other times in which Rick Court, when he would get upset, he would throw small weights and other objects in the direction of the players that he didn't say directly that it hit anybody, but he would throw them in their direction, which his intent either A, was to hit and or to B, send the message. They also talked about belittling, humiliation. They talked about embarrassment. They talked about guys needing to lose weight, were forced to eat candy bars and, and forced to watch team workout. They also talked about coaches endorsing unhealthy eating habits and eating too much to where guys were or throwing up. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I get grueling workouts. I get, you know, the, the strength and conditioning coach yelling at you, trying to get you to push to get the last rep. But at some point, it, it becomes a point whereas you're belittling me as an individual. And I have been in situations where I've had coaches not necessarily talk to me directly, but I've seen coaches talk to other guys in that way. I've seen strength and conditioning coaches talk to and belittle players because of the fact that he wasn't able to lift all the way or he wasn't able to squat a certain amount of weight. I've seen that with my own two eyes. So I can exactly relate to this situation. And I think what we have here is we got a dark cloud over the entire football right now. And I love football. I grew up playing football. I grew up for the tough workouts and the coaches yelling at you. I grew up with coaches smoking cigarettes on the sideline. I've never seen that. Like, it's smoking cigarettes on the sideline, coaches smoking at practice just because of the fact that they were the coach. So I've seen it all. 
But I, what, what I don't understand is, especially when it comes to college, because see, DJ Durkin is the head coach of the Maryland University, right? But not only is he the head coach, but he's also these young men's father away from home. See, these guys travel from all across the country, all over the world to come play at the University of Maryland. They chose the University of Maryland for a reason. Now, it may not necessarily have been for the coach, but they chose the University of Maryland for whatever reason. And by them being there, he then represents their father. Now, of course, I'm sure he has children of his own, so they're not his kids directly. However, when you have parents that send their kids to the college park, they expect for that football team, they expect for the University of Maryland to take care of their children. No way, shape, or form is this okay, like at all. Like this is not okay at all, especially in a college-like environment. Because at the end of the day, you're dealing with 18-year-olds to pretty much 25-year-olds. So this is the most pivotal time in a young man's life because this is his development. And we get football is already a tough, demanding sport. And you mean to tell me on top of that, I got a coach who's yelling at me, belittling me, talking down on me, making me eat when I'm not supposed to eat. Like, this sounds like you're doing more harm to me than you really are doing good. But now the two seasons in which DJ Durkin has been at the University of Maryland, the team in 2016 went six and seven, lost in a bowl game. And then this past season, they were four and eight. So is the tough love that you're showing these kids, as you're going to call it, really working? Because I'm sure that's what they're viewing it as. It's just tough love, toughening the guys up as football. I get that football is a physical contact sport, but football don't mean you get to talk to me any old kind of way just because of the fact that I play for your program. And for a lot of guys saying that they were in, they were scared to speak up, man, that, that, that really sucks because when you have an environment when you can't speak out against wrong, then that's mean that there's really wrong going on inside of this program. And what you're starting to see now is a lot of these universities, they're starting to get ahead of the process and investigating their own problems because they realize once the NCAA gets involved, they come in with the heavy hand. So Maryland, just like the University of Ohio State, barely a lot of them, Go ahead and self-impose these rules. Go ahead and place the coach on administrative leave while we do the investigation. And in this case, because of the fact that you have a player that passed away, now you're going to have eyes looking in different places saying, okay, well, what kind of strength and conditioning program are you doing? Why do you have these kids out at this time during this when the sun is at its peak? Conditioning should vary from position to position. But we definitely will keep our eyes on this Maryland situation because this don't sound good at all. And for me, DJ Durkin got to go, period. Coming up after the break, we'll talk Saquon Barkley and Baker Mayfield performances. I'll give you my thoughts on both of those guys' performances after their week one games. Plus, Barry Bonds' 25 jersey was retired by the Giants. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Stay tuned. It's from the jump. Is this AT&T Innovations? Yeah. Wow. This must be for one of our new unlimited wireless plans. It comes with a ton of entertainment options. Great. Can you sign for this? Yeah. Hey, uh, what's in that one? That's a shark. New and only with AT&T, you can get unlimited data, 30-plus channels of live TV, and your choice of things like HBO or Pandora Premium. More for your thing. That's our thing. Visit att.com. Live right now in the FTJ studios. Follow your boy on Twitter at From the Jump, man. I follow everybody back. But now, quick news around the sports world. Johnny Manziel had a CFL game yesterday in which the Montreal Alouettes still lost. However, he played better going against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Now, Johnny Manziel yesterday was 16 of 26, 468 yards without an interception. And he also had three carries 
for 36 yards. Now, he did fumble at the goal line, which was recovered by a touchdown. However, this was a, a definitely a huge improvement from last week in which he threw four interceptions. And I was telling a lot of people last week, even with him throwing four interceptions, that's about as bad as a game as you're going to play. You can't throw any more interceptions than four in the first half. Plus, not to mention, you're playing on one of the worst teams in the CFL. So, again, it's not all Johnny Manziel's fault. Then you are the quarterback, so a lot of decision-making does fall on you. However, step improvement. And we'll definitely will keep tabs on Johnny Manziel to see how he improves week to week. But now, switching to the NFL, the Browns and the Giants had a game Thursday night in which number one overall pick Baker Mayfield, number two pick Saquon Barkley were both on display. I'm going to start off with Baker Mayfield because he was the number one pick, and then I'll get into Saquon Barkley second. Now, everybody pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield. Now, he was 11 for 20, threw 200 yards and two touchdowns. But let's be clear. It was against second, third, fourth, fifth string guys who a lot of them guys are not even going to make the team. But it wasn't like he was having to go against Olivier Vernon and Janoris Jenkins and Damian Harrison and Landon Collins. So it wasn't like he was going against the first string defense. Again, I, I typically don't take too much stock into preseason action because I know a lot of times a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the team. And a lot of those teams are not going to run a lot of their coverages. They're not going to throw a lot of plays. If you saw that game, it was a lot of draws, it was a lot of bootlegs, a lot of rollouts just to get him out of the pocket. And when she did show flashes of he could be mobile, I don't think Baker Mayfield will be a bust in the NFL. I never said that he was going to be a bust. I just didn't think he was worthy of a number one overall pick. I thought Lamar Jackson was better. I thought Sam Darnold was better. I really thought Josh Rosen was better. I thought that there were three other quarterbacks in this year's draft that were better than Baker Mayfield. But now this notion that he should start after game one is complete ludicrous. Because if you ask me, there's no way in the world after one preseason performance for Baker Mayfield that I can put him on his starting field. This Browns schedule that they have is brutal. Like, yes, they got Jarvis Landry. They said that Dan Bryan is set to meet with the Browns this week. And then Josh Gordon at some point will be back. Antonio Callaway has shown flashes. Tyrod Taylor looks good. Carlos. So this offense will be loaded. However, this schedule is brutal. Listen to the first five games for the Cleveland Browns. The first game at home against Pittsburgh, well, that's that was the team, you know, one of the best teams in AFC. Are you starting him against Pittsburgh? Then you had to travel to New Orleans. Then you got the Jets back at home. Then you travel to Oakland. And then you got Baltimore. So you would you start him against the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point? Do you think he's ready to go right now against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Or will we take him on the road to New Orleans? Baker Mayfield is not ready yet. I'm certain at some point this season, Baker Mayfield will play. I, I am for certain of that because you didn't draft him number one overall for no reason. I don't think you'll have a Jared Goff-like situation in this case. But again, let's pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield. It was one preseason performance because next week if he throws four interceptions, he'll be considered a bust. So let's pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield. However, Saquon Barkley, on the other hand, is a little bit different. Now, he had four carries for 43 yards, but take a listen to what he said after his first preseason performance. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, I was talking to a lot of guys there. Um, for some reason, I, I, I didn't get nervous. Um, I didn't really even get anxious. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird feeling. I think he showed some flashes, and I think he showed some signs that he will be a good running back. But now by you adding Saquon Barkley to this offense, it gives Eli Manning less pressure. Eli doesn't have to come out and throw the ball 30 times every single game. You, he can hand it off to Saquon Barkley, and he can give it to Jonathan Stewart. Odell Beckham coming back off his ankle injury. I know he'll be back ready to go, Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram, this offense 
is lethal if they can all stay healthy and they can figure out a complete balance. I like this Giants offense. Again, I wasn't the highest fan on Saquon Barkley. I still feel like right now there are other running backs in the NFL, and I feel like there were other running backs in college last year that were better. However, I think he fits perfectly for what the Giants are going to do, and we will definitely see what Saquon Barkley is going to do because I think he has a lot of pressure on him. But coming into a team with the offense already established, you already have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, that's really going to make your job a lot easier because the only thing you got to do is really run the ball. Rice Krispies, simply made so you can make. On today's wrap-up, Barry Bonds, after 11 years of playing his final baseball games, has finally, finally, finally had his number 25 uniform retired. Now, baseball holding out Barry Bonds as long as possible still has not voted Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, which I can't understand why a guy who leads the MLB to this day with 73 home runs in a single season why he is not in the Hall of Fame. Now I get it, they, they accused him of using steroids, but back in 2015, they said that the federal prosecutors dropped that. They said that there was nothing that they could find that directly said that he used a steroid. But the question I wanna leave you with today is, should the seven time NL MVP be selected in the Hall of Fame? A guy who holds the MLB record, home runs in a single season with 73, home runs in a total career, 762, home runs against different pitchers, 449, Home runs after turning 40 years old, he hit 74 home runs. Home runs after he turned 43, he hit 28. So do you think that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? Let me know on Twitter right now at From The Jump. Follow your boy on Twitter right now at From The Jump. Man, we are now streaming live on all platforms, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever music and podcasts are streamed at, that's where we are. Definitely go check us out. Be back tomorrow. It's your boy Addison. We out.